All right, hello everybody and welcome back to the Outside Line podcast, episode number, I think, nine, uh, with special guest, Kale Scott. How you doing, Kale? Yeah, not too bad. How you guys going? Good, mate. This is also an audio podcast sometimes, so you can't just wave, you need to speak. Okay, I'll I'll wave with my voice. I do lots of hand movements too, which the Spotify (laughs) guys don't get to know, so if you are listening on Spotify or wherever the podcast thingies that you listen to are... Watch us on Facebook and maybe YouTube. I can't remember if it's on YouTube. That's up to date. And just, if not, imagine Ben Yeah, I've moved my hands a lot. I'm part Italian. Um, but basically, yeah, we're, we're back with um, the recap from round two of DSA State Series. And um, our special guest, Kyle, with us as well today. Um, so we're going to get through some results. We've also got Jack. Oh, and our special guest, commentator, friend Jack. You're not a commentator. We're a podcast. I am not a commentator. <laughs> Could have also mentioned brother. Yeah, look, you know, yeah. Jack, Jack, one of the younger. co-hosts of the podcast, younger. has been around for a little while. Yeah, younger brother. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll go through yeah. that again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so um, let's get straight into it with um, a quick recap of round two. So this was two weekends ago, or a week and a half ago now. On the start of the month, I think it was the first and second. I'm good at remembering dates. It, it was. was, it was um, yeah, again, it's a great thing. We had a big combination. We had drift school on Saturday morning, an open practice on Saturday night, as well as a skid pan session Saturday afternoon, and then all-out comp on Sunday. So Sunday was all comp all day, uh, with about three hours of practice in the morning. So from lunchtime, the battle started, and we went into qualifying battles, and then everybody got confused about two hours in because we then we got to the point where people started getting knocked out and everyone's like why do i have 42 points and not 46 and a half points and stuff like that so you know well um that's something that we can talk about at some point in the thing maybe if we can get um stewie on at some point to try and explain to us again how the points work but yeah half the drivers don't don't know how the points work i think they just hope and pray that they get in the top yeah, 8 that's pretty much how i do it so yeah 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 <laughs> there's a lot of hoping and praying going along when you drivers in the cow uh, yeah definitely <laughs> hoping and praying the car's not going to fall into a million pieces that's it so um well it's easy as probably to go straight into the results cuz um it was a fairly run of the mill event there wasn't any spectacular you know big crashes or stuff like that um, we were obviously doing the fast run-up into Turn 1 um, through the sweeper there, uh, which I think everyone did pretty well. There was obviously a few dirt turbos and stuff like that, which we'll get to later with um, the track damage and stuff like that. But as <laughs> I saw a tank go like that, I think Jack just went to scratch his face, but Jack was also on the naughty list at lunchtime, had to, um, to pick up a shovel and do some cleaning. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so we had all the practice. Um, no real major, like, issues. We were a little bit behind in schedule, as normal, with um, with the DSA comps, because Stewie just goes, we can do all this stuff in six hours, and we can't do all that stuff. Maximum yeah, track time. Yeah, there, was, there wasn't even really da- any downtime. It's just it was so hard to, um, to get everything that we needed to get through with so many cars, so many entries, and so many battles to run. But our winner for the day was Dale Campaign. So Dale deciding to come back and compete in the season where everybody else that was winning decided to have the year off. So um, he's come through with some some pretty easy pickings. Uh, as I just talked to three com- uh, three competitors in level one, <laughs> all going, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> come on, Mister! Didn't even take your car off the. Oh, I did on Saturday, and then I broke it. So. 
anyway, so uh, yeah, Dale campaign number one. Um, we all know Dale's there or thereabouts when it comes to competition. So if you, if you see him like outside the top four, there's usually something's gone wrong with that. So um, good to see Dale win. But the big surprise packet for uh, for the weekend was Mr. Matthew Ween coming through from absolute nowhere. So Matty won. L2 series in the summer series when it was actually the summer series in 2018, 2019, and then promptly blew his car up, bought um, Darren Gunn's old Beverly Collisions ute, and then had about as many gremlins as Darren Gunn had when Darren had the ute. So the thing basically never ran. So it's at the point now where it's it's somewhat running, um, although I think he blew a turbo. Cat, piss off. Um, <laughs> right at the end of the day, as well as blowing a tyre in the... Um, the four three run or whatever it was at the end of the day there so uh great to see maddie just come out of nowhere and and absolutely blitz it and it wasn't even like you know he was out there styling on everyone he was just driving so solidly and so consistency consistently that he just came through and, and made it all the way to the final against dale yeah well um i know that he was saying in the lead up to the event and i think we actually talked about it last podcast that he was i think he was just hoping to get in the, the top 16 and not wanting to uh, get in his head too much, and we thought if we could, if he could manage to stay out of his head, drive as good as we've seen him out on the skid pan and that sort of thing, that he'd come up with a pretty good result. I think he probably had a bit better result than both of us were thinking when we said that, but mm. I'm still going to claim it that we knew and we had foresight there. Oh yeah, I did. But, yeah. I didn't want to go back through and see what our predictions were because we basically predicted everyone in the top 16, so that obviously was going to be wrong. <laughs> It's really hard to predict people out of the top 16 and still, you know, have people like yeah. us to a degree. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he's up. He, he nailed that. He was um, had three solid runs with Dale. No off-track, no nothing. The nerves obviously didn't get to him. Managed to blow a tyre at the end of his last run in the last corner, which is pretty impressive. I was with his brother on the wall. And he was saying, oh, we haven't got any more tyres. I'm like, I've got tyres. People can get your tyres. But, yeah, blew the tyre in the last corner and um, put on a hell of a show. I think he might need a, a better tyre sponsor then, possibly. So. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you saying something there, Kyle? You want to yeah. um, miss the sponsor half the field anyway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's only so much tyres I can give out. Yeah. <laughs> So how'd your weekend go, Kale? Uh, so it actually went pretty well. So we've done this layout a fair few times before. I think, I don't know, maybe at least three times, I'd say. We've done it before over the years. And uh, every single other time I've struggled with it heaps. Um, obviously, for those that don't know my car or who I am or whatever, uh, I've got a S13 Silvia with an RB20 in it. And uh, the RB20 is one of the harder sort of motors to, to drive, I would have thought. Um, you've got to drive it pretty much in the rev range, otherwise it's got no torque, so <laughs> it's pretty well not going anywhere. And um, the other times I've done this layout was with a 4.1 diff, and uh, yeah, it's basically struggling around that uh, main corner. I'd say that the first corner is probably one of the hardest corners I've probably ever driven on any track. Um, haven't done a lot of different tracks in that, but uh, I've done a fair few different sort of tracks, and uh it's a very technical corner. You've got to be very committed to it to, to get through it. And, uh, yeah, the other times that I've done this track, I've basically just stuffed up that corner and uh, it basically puts off the rest of your run. So this time I went into it with a, a 4.9 ratio diff, which is a bit sort of bit of a very uh, high ratio. 
Um, and basically what it's done is it's it's made the little RB20 rev up a lot more and uh, keeps it up in that power band. So I've been able to obviously keep it on power all the time and basically being able to use the left foot brake a little bit, which I haven't been previously been able to do because if I have a left foot brake with that car as it was before, basically just takes it out of the power band and it just gets out of boost and uh, basically just dies on you and then you just straighten up and just a crappy looking run basically. So keeping it up in that power band, being able to sort of play with it a little bit more and um, basically full commitment to that first corner really helped to, to flow through that layout. So, yeah, made it a lot easier. Um, but, yeah, ended up coming up against Matty Ween in the top eight and uh, he surprised me. He was driving really good and, uh, yeah, he knocked me out. So, yeah, that was a, a bit devastating for me, but it was good to see out of everyone that... Um, he got through because, yeah, we were talking about it earlier before and he was pretty nervous about, uh, I think it was actually his first L1 competition. And, uh, yeah, he gets up to the, the finals, so <laughs> it's pretty good for him. So, yeah. I think I've um, handballed off the uh, the lowest-powered L1 car to you now. So I think you're now probably pushing the uh, the least number of kilowatts out of that. RB. Yeah, so I haven't had a dyno for years now, but last time I think it pushed about 260 kilowatts, so... It's probably uh, probably tapered off a little bit since then, but yeah, yeah somewhere around and then. Because <laughs> 260 kilowatts are this much of the rev band out of out of yeah. that, that much. <laughs> 260 kilowatts are limited to zero on everything else. <laughs> but yeah, that that new diff is definitely it. Does, obviously, the motor and that sort of still was as fast as it was before, but it makes it feel so much faster when it's it's in the power band all the time. So definitely a big improvement. Yeah. So, uh, well, obviously, um, you did pretty well out there. But, uh, Jack, how did you go? How was your weekend? Uh, pretty average. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I come into it in the morning not being super confident with that layout. Um, ben come actually come for a few laps with me and um, try to give me some pointers from being in the car. Um, which sort of worked. I did a few good runs with Tom and that in the morning. Um, and it's the first time, like Kale was saying, with left foot braking, that I've been able to left foot brake my car. Um, and I probably should have used that a bit more in my battle with Lindo instead of hitting his back wheel. Using the, the Lindo foot brake? Yeah, the Lindo foot brake. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that didn't go well. Um, I don't know. I just wasn't really in the zone the whole sort of day. Um and yeah, having a hit with Lindos just felt super bad. After we went in the pits, I just went straight over and tried to help him fix his car and didn't really even look at my car. I went back out for the battles, like the second round of battles, and like my whole front end was loose and bent my like rack end and stuff, and my car just drove like a bag of shit. So, yeah. I like weekend. how you substituted dicks with shit. I did. <laughs> <laughs> like it's less, less like it's bad less, to say. Yeah. So, um, no, nah, look, I, I just... I ended up packing up afterwards and watching for a while and then and headed off. But um, when I got home, I seen that, yeah, that Maddie had got right up there and I was like, I was actually stoked. Like, I sort of watched him do a few laps in the morning and um, I was like, he's just absolutely sending that ute. Like, obviously, I've come from driving a ute as well um, and they're not a freaking easy car to drive. I went to a sedan, so it was a bit smaller or shorter. And, um, yeah, he killed it. He absolutely killed it. And I went back and watched the live stream afterwards and the reruns and that with Dale. It's just like he was all or nothing, hey, and and props to him because that was absolutely insane. But, yeah, my weekend was crap in general, but you get them. 
yeah, if they come around a bit, that was my last round. Same thing. So, uh, yeah, they come and go every now and then. Yeah. How about you, Tate? How'd you go with Smokey? Smokey. Well, obviously first comp in the new LS Beast, the E46. Went really well, considering it was probably my second proper weekend of driving the car. And we didn't have too many gremlins. I did go off the track at one stage on the Saturday night and lost all of my power steering. Turns out there is a random valve in one of the banjo bolts on BMWs. And uh, if you flick the steering, like if you go off the track and it flicks the steering left to right really quickly, it gets that uh, valve basically jammed shut. So that was pretty much the only gremlin that stopped me driving all weekend. Definitely a different style of driving. When you've got that much power and that much grip, you can just launch the car into like that turn one, put it really sideways and hammer the throttle and the thing just pulls you into the inside of the corner. Compared to the 180 where I basically, it didn't make any difference if I was on throttle or not. It really didn't help me get around the corner any better. So, car's awesome. It did have a little bit of a gremlin with the steering. I think it's the fault of the Astra pump. I don't think it's got enough flow through it. So, when I go from left to right really quick, the thing jams up and doesn't have power steering, which I don't have enough hands to manhandle it so it's not really my thing but uh yeah overall the car was really good the weekend was decent i had a decent size off with tom hemmings which was uh interesting to say the least <laughs> i think i scared the crap out of him because i looked at the points and I actually know how the points work and i figured out that i basically had a free throw to go as hard as i could and if it didn't work out it wouldn't affect my points too negatively so I chucked it in there really hard but um, it wasn't to be and I went bush bashing out the back there <laughs> around turn one so yeah overall pretty uh, pretty good weekend lots of little things to work on but uh, come out swinging in round two we just did round two round three I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, I'm not throughout three no two no that was, round, was round two, two yeah that's right yeah. round three June 19th from memory so it's only like five or six weeks away isn't that round three yeah it's round three. Oh, is round that three in june the same weekend as drift pack at malala yes same weekend as drift pack oh. at malala is round three yeah that's great good scheduling <laughs> <laughs> well, well some some people are going to have a nice um nice empty prac to um to go and do some well, was, so. yeah i want to do prac i was going to do prac but i don't know Oh, you get lots of track time. Yeah, yeah there'll true. definitely be a lot of track time. I remember yeah. doing a prank, but I had to... Um, you were the Cephi when you took the Cephi. No, no, there was that time. one, and there was one way back in the day when stadiums used to be a thing, back when I was on the DSA board, and I had to do the driver's briefing when we were attempting to do driver's briefings at Malala. And Danny <laughs> vividly remembers because it was like his first time out driving as well. He goes, you came up and did the prank, and went, everyone's a stadium, so, you know, just don't go on the grass and have a good time. <laughs> that was apparently my driver's briefing, so... Just makes sense. So Kurt also got his first podium, I believe, in the R31. Stuck it up in third position. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he's I believe so. new fresh paint Big job. Car looks a million bucks and he, um, he drove it really well as well. So it was good to see Kurt out there. And uh, that kind of layout really suits him because um, he's a very aggressive chase driver. So um, it, it really suited him to a T. 
with a little nimble 31, of course. I think Kurt's probably on the mantle of least powered L1 car as well, because um, he's got pretty much a stock 25 from memory in that 31. So, oh yeah, yeah, stock him. 25 with a boost up, pretty much is all I all I think. And it not is, so. not the 31s of that gripped up sort of a vehicle anyway, like. No, nah, no, nah, but it's it's still fairly. It is light. quick. That car is it's quick, quick, even at X Park, so... it's quick. Yeah. I think he drives it quick rather. He doesn't. He doesn't drive he with, a, a, with a lot of angle, which is which is what you need to do when driving a live axle car like that. Yeah. They have tons of forwards bite, but no side bite. So as soon as you try and snap a lot of angle into it, it just it goes nowhere. Um, but with um, with that little bit of a trim of angle, you can really um, really get a lot of speed out of him. And he um, he definitely had a lot of speed, and he was right on everyone's door all weekend. So. Um, Unfortunately, he just got knocked out by Maddie in the final because Maddie was just just on fire. I think actually Kurt made a mistake. I think he spun from memory in the transition uh, to the left-hander from the top of my head. Um, it's a bit of a little bit of a hazy memory, but um, yeah, I think that's what happened from from what I can recall. So uh, next up, we've got uh, a little bit that Ben's had a long time to prepare for. <laughs> Yeah, we got a um, we got an L two recap, but just before before we do that, I want to um, do another massive shout out. So I'm just going through the results at the moment, and um, the person who finished fifth this weekend was uh, Mr. Brendan Bogger O'Grady, uh, or last weekend, um, who came over with his um, JZX 100, and um, I remember Boggy coming over for the Malala round like two years ago. I watched him drive, and I was like, oh yeah, that's like you know. Pretty pretty typical Victorian, just coming down like you know, just just driving and nothing nothing spectacular. But watching him on the weekend, uh, this weekend, he was a totally different driver, and you can see how much seat time he's had as of late, and like how much his driving's improved. So um, yeah, massive shout out to Bogger for um, for how much he's stepped up in the last couple of years, and he's basically one of the strongest interstate drivers coming over and, and giving the SA boys a run for their money. Yeah, well, yeah, well, he also... Oh, sorry. Okay, well, you go. I think he's only been driving for, like, three or so years, so yeah. When, yeah. He, when he came for that Malala round, it was probably one of his first sort of events, so to see him sort of progress that quickly is, is really good. So he's obviously got the, the two cars. He's got the big boy-powered car, and then he's got the... Um, is a Mark II or Chaser or whatever as well. Yeah, he's, so he's got the, the Mark party II, car. That, this party car that probably has more power than half the L1 field still too but he's like yeah. but it's not the one with 1300 horsepower so it's only it's only a, it's a missile <laughs> yeah percentage yeah. wise from the big car it's yeah. the same as everyone yeah. else so anyway alright uh, so I'll get into into the L2 stuff which was won by Patrick with the last name that I can't pronounce um, so <laughs> Patrick with the Polish last name um, with uh, the R31 with the oil cooler that was on the front bumper, which was um, probably not the the greatest thing to see, especially considering it was actually very gang. It was, it was plumbed up as well, like it wasn't just there for looks. Like it actually that's, had oil going through it. So that's the, that thirty ET one, hey? On yeah, the thirty ET one. Yeah, that was actually um, that's, yeah, that was not. It's a cool. Fun. It's a cool car, but um, I would probably suggest <laughs> taking the oil cooler and putting it behind the Rio bar. Just, you know, not even, like, for a crash. Like, sometimes you can get super close on a transition. Yeah, well, and well, you skim, you can skim. I've not, like, I've knocked my front bar off on the back of your car before, Jack. Just on yeah. a transition. 
and even um, not because I'm good, because I can't judge where the front of my car is. <laughs> you can't see over your bloody bonnet. Um, I think it was to Monkey House or something a couple of rounds ago, and on transition ripped his like pole in an oil cooler or something. Yeah, yeah, and that was still behind the Rio as well. It was yeah. just, just, just really yeah. close. Yeah, I've driven with him out before at X Park. He's a really good drive, very smooth and consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably why the oil cooler is still intact from back when I was driving with him two years ago to now. But, uh, yeah, you wouldn't want to be banking your luck doing L2 that you're not going to hit that at some yeah. point and uh, smash up an yeah, oil cooler. Yeah, it's going to make a mess. That's that's the thing. Like, It's not so much the smashing it up, it's the, the making a mess. And also, you know, obviously, and the oil staying in, in the engine, going out of the engine and, you know, going stuff like bang. that. So, um, second place, uh, Payton Dale, Payton Dale, Payton, I don't know, he's, um, he's from up, whoop, whoop. <laughs> up Northern Way, I think either Wyala or somewhere yeah, around there. Another, another X-Park driver. Another X-Park guy, so, um, he actually came down here, that cage that's, um, in that car is the AGI cage that's out of my housemate's old ute, because his mate came down and bought my old Crusader shell, and while he was there, he's like, oh, what's the go with that cage, I need one of those, and I'm like, oh, happens to be that we're selling it so um but yeah another x-park driver he's been um, putting on a lot of laps and um it's again like you could tell it was a big girl getting around it was pretty much a stock stock vyss with um with some knuckles and some cheap coilovers i think from memory and um he really really willed it and he got himself into the final and uh just unfortunately i think he actually took patrick to a rerun but just didn't quite have enough and um, Patrick definitely on form um, for for an L2 driver this weekend for sure. And then um, P3, we used to see him in P2. Um, it's Hayden Tealy. So um, Hayden maybe shooting for the top. Or he was definitely shooting for the top step of the podium this round. Unfortunately, he got knocked out by um, by Payton. So it was the Hayden versus Payton battle. That was really confusing <laughs> to say. <laughs> So uh, that is a cool car, that one. That's yeah, yeah, it's uh, Sally Stang. A... It's a RA60. No. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's a. It's Something a. It's like a. Uh, yeah, I think it's an RA60 Celica uh, with a 302 in it, and like his homemade lock kit and stuff like that. Thing's got like 97 degrees of lock. Like, basically, can snap the thing backwards and it just goes around the corner. So it's really weird to watch, but um. He um he's definitely gotten used to that car. That was originally that setup with all the lock and all that with a like eighteen RC or something making thirty kilowatts if you're lucky. And um he's uh put a little bit more power in it and it's it's getting there and he's he's having a good time driving it and it's definitely one of the uh more interesting cars to watch get around. Just the way it drives is totally totally unique and so different to pretty much everything else out there, so Kale, how did the other Scots go? Um, well, my brother has been building a car, and uh, I think this is the third time he's taken it out. It's a RB20 S13, uh, typical copy me, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all... Well, then he, he was you, he was basically driving your car all weekend, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, so his, his car's all standard, um, but it's got, uh, it's had a whole heap of issues that we've we've found and, re- and repaired, and uh, it's still got this issue there, it's just not making any power, so... We've uh, spent a lot of time trying to fix it. Couldn't fix it. Um, luckily, I, most of the time, I bring the, the V35 streetcar up. Um, I get my missus to drive it up, so we've got a spare car there. 
And um, yeah, he, drove, he jumped straight in that. Um, I think he did maybe two prac sessions maybe in it. And um, it was driving it actually really good. Um, it's a very underrated car, I think, the, the V35 and 350Z chassis. Um, it's a pretty well standard car. And um, I think he got into the top 16 or top 8, actually qualified first, um, which is pretty good. Um, but then I think he got to the top 8, and I think he got knocked out, so he ended up about 5th. So he was pretty stoked with that. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well done, particularly in like a stock car. If it's uh, actually a street car that you just jump into, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, and then uh, Aiden, I think, ended up... I can't remember. I think he was 14th. lower. Yep, there we go. Yep, 14th. I've, I've got the score. I've got the thing. I can uh, just yep. look across. So. Yep, I, I definitely don't have that. But. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I've got Kenny. He was down doing Kenny things in... Uh, uh, yeah, came. look. Kenny, Kenny's the bright spark that puts an NA barra in a 32 and goes, it'll be fine. <laughs> he goes, I've got all the downsides of the barra without power. <laughs> but um, oh, I love Kenny. Ken, oh, I don't love Kenny's wiring jobs, though. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> my uh, my old 32 was uh, previously owned and fettled by Kenny, and every wire under the dash was red. <laughs> oh, it was like, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It's a good fire safety hazard stuff. <laughs> I've seen engine looms done like oh, that. It's, red and yellow wires. It's not, it's not ideal. <laughs> it's so, it is so funny that he has an NA barrier in that, though, because back in the day, he had, like, EA... EA EB Falcons with like turbos, like Tickford turbo motors and that in it when we were up at like Kadena and that. And like he was the guy that had everything turboed and like had NOS connected to it and shit. And now he drives like an NA32. It's like he's gone backwards. Yep. <laughs> Just anything once again. NA is best. I think he's actually building a JZX100 that's going to have a is, turbo yeah. barrier in it. So. That'll be that'll be interesting once he gets that done. He's been building that for a couple of years now, I reckon. Oh yeah, well, it took him I think six years to get this this four door done. Oh yeah, so. when, when I was like, oh, because I saw him, I was like, he doing all this barra stuff. Like, yeah, it took him like five or six years to do it. I'm like, fuck yeah, and then I see him at X Park, and the thing's NA. I'm like, why did you spend all this time, Kenny? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we we love him. He's he's a good bloke. Uh, so like we spoke about before, I think. I spoke about it, but Kale spoke about it, about it a bit too. Obviously, this layout, particularly that first corner, really is something that... I mean, it's one of the few layouts that I actually go into wondering where I'm going to come out the other side because you go into it and you're like, I think this is where I tip it in. I think this is where I get on power. And each time, you're just hoping you come out the other side in a decent spot. So, yeah... I don't know what you guys think about that corner or how you guys are approaching it, but it's certainly a unique one. Yeah, it is. It is definitely weird. It's one of those corners you don't. There's no landmarks or whatever to to mark yourself off of. Sort of as soon as the corner starts, you know, you got the wall on the entry, but even then, like people enter so different. Like me following a different few different people in the morning, everyone was different, and the speed that everyone would come out the speed gate at was just so different. And yeah, you got nothing to mark yourself off of, and um, I guess a lot of people come in shallow because they use that sort of tire stack that was on the inside of, of the first apex, uh, and that's where a lot of people come up shallow. And I don't know, it's so weird. And it's off camber as well, so you really got to be like, on the power because if you let your car float for too long, you just you just end up off the track. 
Yeah, I, I noticed the same thing, particularly being in the new car. You've got to be on the power if you want to get around yeah. the corner. You've got to be on it yeah. quick. You can't can't dilly-dally around, otherwise you go straight off. And because it gets tighter on itself, yep. you know, a little mistake at the start is compounding. Exactly right, yeah. Shoot, and if you, you it's, straight it's one of those weird ones, like, you really got to stay on the power. And, like, my car doesn't have heaps of lock. Like, Ben went in and said it had, obviously, more lock than his car. Um, but you almost got to, like, wind more lock into it and stay on the power to slow yourself down. Um, but even then, like, I'd, I'd go off that, I guess, the second right apex before the left-hander. I'd go, I went off there quite a few times, then I did it in my battle as well, um, just because I'd kept the speed for too long instead of, like, gradually, like, losing the speed, just trying to, like, wash it all off really quickly. And my car weighs freaking two tonne. It ain't slowing down quick, like, compared to 90% of the Everything other else. cars out there. Yeah. Yeah. I found it because normally I was so used to driving the car and I could use foot brake to slow the car down. Yeah. But you could you couldn't use foot brake if you even thought about it you'd be off the track. Yeah. So you had to use either more angle or left foot brake a little bit, which I think I did once in practice and I couldn't get my head around yeah. it to actually slow the car down. It's very counterintuitive to wind more lock on and more power. Correct. Yeah. Exactly down. right. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. Is basically. It's super weird. Um, There's a few guys that were doing it really good last time and they were giving me a bit of advice and basically chuck it in super hard and then as soon as you've chucked it in, flat out and then straight on the left foot brake before you've even got to the end of the wall. And it's it's really hard to do because it's not very natural at all. And every other time I was doing that layout, I was not left foot braking at all. And if you don't get the line exactly right, you're either off in the dirt or you're super tight. But when, you, when you're on the left foot brake, you can modulate it. So you can keep the throttle sort of like three quarters to flat out. And then you can you can jump on the, the left foot brake a lot harder if you need to slow up. Or you can let it off a little bit if you need to get out wide. So it was really helping get that arc around the outside of the corner. Whereas if you're, if you're not on the left foot brake, it's sort of, you just sort of pin it in. And you don't really get an arc around. You sort of float out sort of three quarter to mid track. And then you sort of go out deeper sort of halfway through that first corner so i was finding left foot brake could sort of modulate it around so you could get a nice big arc around there but it's it's a fine line between jumping on the brake and slowing down so much that the chase cars sort of put off with it or being on it just a little bit so that it's nice and smooth all the way around that's what I, one thing i was gonna that was... that's one thing i was gonna say kale like how did you chase anyone that left foot brakes on lead not that I can recall. Um, I don't yeah. know if there was a lot of people sort of using it a lot. Um, I know like Maddie and I don't know about Dale, but I know those those few guys weren't actually doing it and they still did really good. So there's yeah. obviously ways reckon, of doing it without think, doing it. I think Dale does use a lot more left foot brake now with the sim stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what he said to me. He's like practiced the left foot braking stuff with the yeah. sim. Yeah, he's been um, trying to practice it with that. I don't... He used it very heavily when I was chasing him at round one. Yeah. Like I was he uses it really him. heavily at X-Park too, which is nowhere somewhere you'd normally left foot break. But I think that was him like really like taking it from the sim to, to yeah. like an actual practice. And uh, that foolish line day, I think it was, we were there. Like every time I was chasing him, like he was left foot breaking everywhere. I'm just like, man, I'm just, just trying to go, man. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because you can left foot break without slowing the car down like just that little bit of a modulation to just tuck the front of the car around 
and basically help the car rotate through the corner instead of the front wheels kind of washing out or like the car washing out is um, basically it's that's what most people doing it through turn one you could tell we could, you, if you couldn't see the front wheel locking it was really hard to tell if a car was left foot braking and there was only a couple of cars um, Woody is a prime example of someone that stands on the left foot brake that hard that he pinches the front wheel it's either that or just he's got like a little bit of weight jacking in his car and it unloads that front inside wheel so it lifts up a little bit and pinches really easily but um, most cars you can't see left foot braking they just you can just tell it's a nice smooth arc through and the car isn't really they're using their foot to to modulate the car rather than a lot of hand movements which yeah. obviously looks a lot more messy mm. I know that the judging criteria was no left foot brake or at least minimal left foot brake too so you didn't want to get spotted with yeah. that front I, I think it's, it's to stop the cars lunging so much um, it's it's mm. like I, I know Stewie is very anti left foot brake and he says basically it's always steering first as as a form of um, of controlling the car and then the feet afterwards but the way these cars are set up these days like you do need to be really good on the footwork and use the car like it, the car looks so much smoother when you do the, like a lot of the controlling with the footwork compared to soaring on the wheel to to get the car where you want it it's definitely a much um, smoother and like cleaner looking drift compared to the uh, the more aggressive wheel work style Mm. Uh, rest of the track, I don't think there was too much to talk about there. It's reasonably tight all second gear, so yeah, I think it's it's like what Stewie said with the the judging. It's mostly that first corner. So if you you uh, get that wrong, it really hurts your points. For the rest of it, you've just got to sort of be on the track and sort of follow those clips mm. to a degree. But the rest of it doesn't count as much. So um, I, next on the list, there was a lot of people out there. I know that driving through the pits was a, a bit difficult at time. Parking in the pits was damn difficult at time. There was a lot of people out there between that and the JDM speed event. Yeah, someone else can talk if they want. Yeah. Do you want to hear another was, 20 was... minutes of bed waffling on? <laughs> without, without sounding like a pedo, but there was lots of kids out there, which was <laughs> really, really good to see. Yeah, look, the most up here, it's not an easy thing to say with that uh, facial hair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with that mo. But Kale's no, no. white vans. <laughs> Seriously though, no, there was a lot of kids out there, which is good to see because they're going to be the uh, the next up and comers that want to get into the yeah, sport. Yeah, the future of the sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kale's, I think Kale's them future sponsors. future sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, it's good because normally like. Back in, you look like three, four years ago when we just had G1, you'd look in the, the stands or on the mound or whatever, and basically the spectators were just the people that come along to pit crew for their mates and stuff like that. And yeah. now we're actually getting people out that don't have any idea of what drifting is. They, they see us advertising it and they, they want to get a bit of a, a bit of a look at, at what's going on. And most of the people out there are really stoked on what they're seeing. And um want to come back so i think that's why the spectator numbers are increasing each time yeah it's it's that's crazy it. like there's a lot more families and stuff going out there as well now so um and like you like you said the general general punters i actually did a, um, a delivery on monday 
and the storeman I delivered to, like, was going, oh, I went out to uh, Talon Bend on the weekend, like, and, you know, watched the stuff, the JDM stuff, and went and watched some drifting, rah, rah, like, it was really cool. But, yeah, I was there, too, like, I was commentating the whole day. <laughs> I was the guy yelling at everyone. <laughs> I was the guy yelling on the mic. Apparently, he was on the other side, so he didn't have to hear me as much, so lucky him. Um, but, yeah, like, it's so, like, you're getting that, general crowd you get the, the punters coming in and actually watching and it, it's great seeing all these families and stuff out there and yeah maybe um definitely in the pits we need to sort out someone you know maybe people looking after their kids and keeping an eye on their kids a little bit more because there was a lot of a lot of kids running around a lot of people uh where's where's my phone hiding to oh i've lost my phone that's no good i was about to, i was gonna have to do something but yeah basically a lot of people walking around like this through the pits not looking where they're going just looking straight down at the screen so, um, yep. yeah, like... I know I was going through revving the crap out of my car so people would get out the way. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you just made it like, even... typical LS owner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All those people, like, looking at Dale's car where I was supposed to be pitted and I was sitting there like, Rah! and they're like, oh, oh, maybe I'll move. <laughs> and they're like, trundle out the way. And you're like, I need to park. Yeah. I got tires to change. Yeah, even so... the um, pro rides, like the lineup for the pro rides, with eight, what, eight, seven or eight of them doing pro rides, and there was still a freaking lineup all day. Ah, uh, yeah, it was. Oh, take take lost power. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't so so much seven or eight cars, maybe like three, three or four cars, because everyone in the pro rides was having a great day with breakages, including me. <laughs> so um, yeah. You want to think still there was light or you just run in the dark? I'm, I'm running, I, well, the light's still on, so I'm guessing I lost power to my light circuit in the house, but that's no worries. I'll let Naomi worry about that. <laughs> if you hear it, like, thud. Now. <laughs> Naomi's worrying Probably about that. <laughs> <laughs> but we also had, like, we had pro rides, which was awesome. We had the, uh, the RC guys mm. out there with their RC drift cars. I think they were giving kids a try at, RC drifting. Yeah, my lad. Been interesting yeah, to my lad went over and did it because he was standing there watching, and the blokes were saying about having a go on that. And yeah, he loved it. Now he's got an RC car. So. Oh, that was, <laughs> that was very. Good. <laughs> yeah. <it>? Thanks, mate. <laughs> there was there was so much of a crowd that we even had to hire extra toilets. Mm. I know that because I got the privilege of towing them home. Oh. <laughs> Where were the extra nice. toilets? They were over the other yeah, side. The, um, the ones in the welcome. I noticed up. the one in the welcome center. At one point, there was one that was not in service, and then by the end of the day, there was two that weren't in service. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's ben not going the, well. Ben put the first one out of service. Yeah, no, I did. That was that was round one. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. So back back to pro rides though, because once again, like it was it was almost though there was a few comments about that was. Pro rides featuring some drift battles in the middle um, with the amount of pro rides. Obviously, being down a couple of cars and to get all the people that have bought pro rides through, they ended up doing a lot um, of individual, like, individual runs. So there was a lot of lot of pro rides happening. But um, yeah, it was interesting to see um, some people out there and a really wide variety of pro ride cars like from the simon's car with its new fancy bmw gearbox with the sim rig shifter and stuff in it to you know landon's and um and dean's and dan's cars which are you know more traditional style drift cars and you got clayton with the uh, uh clayton um mad dog yeah, crazy dog seven cliff clayson yeah that's the one clayson clayson clayson. Not clayton. Yeah. clayson yeah so um cliff clayson with the um the bn kitted 
yeah, absolute rolling shell on wheels. Um, RX-7, um, which obviously was very hard to, to miss when he was out in track. And then you had um, Dan out in the streetcar. And, and um, Tim as well, out in the, in the U as well. So they were doing pro rides over on the skid pan in the morning. Um, we were doing a bit of a collaboration with the JDM speed event. And then it wasn't really advertised that well. So apparently there wasn't really that many people over there to line up for the pro rides. And then they'd go out and do a couple of demos and there'd be 150 people on the fence watching, but no one realized that they could walk around to the other side and actually jump in the cars. So maybe that's something we can, um, to look at in the future, but, um, there was a lot of row rides on the weekend. That's for sure. Yeah, there were. I know that they're going to be working on a couple of ways to better integrate them too, that, so there's not so much track time. Send more cars at one time and that sort of thing. So, yeah, the pro ride's obviously another part to bring people out and get involved, which is always going to be good. You put them in a car, they're going to be a lot more excited about drift than if you just watch from the, uh, the outside. So, exciting stuff. Uh, so, like we mentioned too, there was also the night prac in the school for this round. I know I did the night prac, but I only got about two sessions because of the power steering issue. Looked like there was plenty of people out there. I had a couple of drives with uh, with you. Ben. Yeah, there's a, there's a great video of, of me driving through the corner and you having those power steering issues behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was very lucky not to clout that tyre stack on the left-hand side. Yeah. I thought it was coming for me. I'm like, oh, I didn't want to write the car off this early. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously, we, we did the, the school in the morning. Um, I didn't get there for the school. I had, I had a sleep in for once, which is weird for a drift event. So I didn't I didn't get there till about lunchtime, and then I started scrutineering and doing some other stuff. Um, but, yeah, so drift school in the morning, um, from what I could tell, everyone enjoyed it. Um, there was a small issue with some sprinklers not working, so the, uh, the wet part, we're normally learning some donuts and figure eights and stuff like that, was not wet. So um, some people maybe struggled a little bit with that because normally it's a lot easier when you've got really good horsepower getting you going. But, um, yeah, everyone. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was going in after, you know, half an hour yeah. or something like that. But there was a bit of a, a dry section there <laughs> yeah, for a, a while a for the spell. beginners. So, um, yeah, yeah. The, everyone went, went off without a hitch. I didn't see any – I didn't roll up and see any cars sitting on trailers broken or anything like that or, like, smashed in. So There was a Porsche. There was a Porsche. Did you see Porsche. the Porsche? There was a there was a Porsche was... out there. I think it did one lap and broke. Yeah, that, but it was a big, meaty, oldest not old school, but like I don't know, nineties yeah. era Porsche. Yeah. Had big meats on the back of it. Apparently, it did one yeah, lap. Yeah, it doesn't sound yeah. very drift car like, does it? <laughs> but I, I did see a couple of like um, like circuit style GT eight sixes and stuff out there as well. Um, so that was interesting to see. Of course, we had the school car as well out there, which um, definitely got a bit of a workout. And then uh, the last hour... It made me very dizzy. <laughs> that school car has made me very dizzy. I didn't realise I could get that How, how many donuts were in the passenger seat for Tate? Oh, I don't know. I did, I did two half an hour lots in the passenger street, a seat straight yeah. in that school yeah. car. And eventually, just like, oh my god, I gotta look out the window. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not used to doing this. It's like sitting on your bloody office chair and spinning around. Mm. But yeah, car went pretty well. We put some um, heating bits and pieces, or cooling bits and pieces yeah. in that. Um, we also put a big water sprayer, but we had issues with the plumbing where it kept popping off and then filling the entire boot with water. 
It's not um, where the water's so... supposed to go. It's supposed to go on the tires. <laughs> no, we figured that bit out. Um, so, you may yeah, as well just stab, stab a couple of holes in the boot with a screwdriver <laughs> dribble down on the tires from the boot. Well, the hard bit is you're on the wet pan, so everything's wet underneath. So you don't realise that there's a giant you know, Lake. plume of water coming out the back because everything's wet. And eventually you're like, there doesn't seem to be... The car's not cooling down. Why is this? And yeah, it popped hose at the back. So we'll get that fixed up. A few more cooling bits and pieces to that car. But yeah, she's uh, she held up pretty well for four people that uh, got their first taste of drift. Very good. So yeah, we um we moved from figure eights and and donuts and stuff like that to the, I think it was the last hour of the school. They went to the uh, the Mayhan style um, track layout on the skid pan, which um, I also had a crack at in the afternoon. And I I tell you what, like that skid pan's pretty big. Like you don't realize how big it is because it's like you look right at it next to the bend, and it's like this little tiny little dot in the corner. You're like, oh yeah, that's yeah, it is what it is. But it's I think it's about as wide as the Malala one, but it's about I don't know, 100 meters longer, something like that. But like, we, even my car with the three sevens, like super long gearing, I was on the at the top of second on the entry. So um, definitely carrying some herbs through there. And it was it was good fun. It was well, that's third gear in my 180. Yeah, is how I was yeah. entering, and I was solidly in it. It wasn't suddenly like mm. getting third and then back down to second. It was pretty solidly in third. I know I nearly ran into Kale's V35 out there <laughs> a few times last. The last time that we were out there, I uh, came pretty close to that. So yeah, it's good, good setup that they've got out there. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So um, and there's going to be some more skid pan comps and stuff uh, later on in the year, as well as some more drift schools and all that. So I think from memory, round three being June nineteenth is on a Saturday. Um, yeah. So there won't be a school and stuff the day before because that'll be a Friday. So. I think there's going to be something separate a little bit later on that's just skid pan only um, to do with school and, yeah. and uh, they'll probably do the same thing they did last time with the um, the little mini comp at the end of the open track. So, but keep your eyes peeled yeah. because Stewie could change his mind yeah. at any moment. Keep, keep your eyes on the Drifting SA Facebook page is the easiest way to um, to keep up. Don't to date trust with that. us. We don't know what we're yeah. doing. Yeah, we're, we're we're used to being fed old information as it is. But yeah, then we went to um, over to the main track on Saturday night and did some laps. And that was the track where I was only just getting into third on the entry, which was really annoying because there was only a short run-up compared to the... So on the comp, we started around the back, came around through the speed gate and then down the straight. But on the um, on the practice night on Saturday night, the start line was where the speed gate was, like at the bottom of the hill there. So um, it was... A nice run-up, but not enough for me because I was really awkwardly between top of second and bottom of third, so kind of... You need Kale's real... real I had four elevens, but I broke the pinion and then I got some cheap three sevens. I went, oh, this will be all right. I'll, like, don't have to grab fourth so much. And now it's like, oh, I missed my four elevens. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, the, the night prac went off pretty well. There wasn't any major issues. I think someone had a big whoopsie in turn one halfway through the night because I remember spending like a solid 15 minutes sitting down in the lineup waiting to go with the uh, with the tunes cranking and the party lights going so um, yeah other than that there was no like cars written off or anything like that which is always a good good thing when you um, come out of a frack and no one's got a car that's been put on its roof yeah well moving on to uh, filling holes after the event or for Jack filling holes during the event <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, 
Yeah, I actually hung back after after the event, and um, DSA's got a, a bit of a trailer now and a pile of dirt now, so we can actually fill in those holes that are left because they don't look like huge holes when you're on track, except if you go in them. Um, but the the cars dig out solidly like this much dirt on some of those track edges. So uh, yeah, we got to go around after the event and um, fill those up. So uh, if if anyone else is out there after the next event, we're probably going to have to do the same thing. So uh, feel free to uh, hang around after the podium presentations and help us fill in some holes. Yeah, there's definitely some holes. So um, I think I think it was like seven tons of dirt or something that ended up getting moved, or it was half of seven tons or something like that. I remember seeing seven tons in there and then something about that. So. There was, definitely not, there was definitely not seven tons of dirt in that fucking trailer of Stewie's, but... Nah, I think he said they brought seven tons, there's a, that pile of seven tons or something. There yeah. Or something. yeah. It's not obviously, bad, like... it, got, it got filled Saturday night after the prac, or Saturday, or Sunday yeah. morning, and then it got filled again at lunchtime, and then it got filled again at the end of the event. So there was a lot of filling going on. A lot of it does just get flicked backwards, obviously, but the, the yeah. whole, obviously, the whole point of it is if it starts damaging that track edge. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it hasn't yet, but obviously do that event after event, it will start causing issues. Um, yeah. I guess that, that... Yeah, the go-karting too. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the guys at the bend have to spend that same amount of time that we did filling it. And um, if you haven't got dirt, because I know we've done it before where you haven't had dirt and we've tried to scrape it back with shovels and you can never fill no, the that's holes. All, right, yeah. all the dirt that came, goes out never well, goes out. That's because a lot of it goes into the air and over the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's windy. Or in Tate's car. <laughs> or in Tate's car. You go about seven ton of dirt in the back Most of, of it, yeah, ended up inside my car. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's... um. Well, something But I know Landon had a lot of fun because he was the bobcat driver and he apparently loves bobcats so uh he had a lot of fun although he's very tired bobcatting all the uh the dirt into the trailer with uh no lights we had to hold our phones up so he could maneuver the bobcat and uh put all the dirt in there but he had a hell of a time in that bobcat mm-hmm. so next event like we said it was in june yeah Coming June 19th. up, oh, six weeks, five weeks, something like that. I hope it's June 19th, because I said June 19th like six times now, but I'm pretty sure it's June 19th. It was either that or 16th, maybe? Follow, follow <laughs> Drifting USA on Facebook to keep up to date with information on when our next events are happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's going to be back at the bend once again. Um, hopefully, we're bringing, well, DSA is bringing back a layout that hasn't been used in a little while. Um, so... Fingers crossed, because the layout that Stewie's been mentioning in the um, the drivers groups is definitely a um, a very fun layout to drive. So I've done like four laps of it at one of the um, one of the events I did before. They went, ah, you can't do that anymore because everyone was running off the track. So um, those four laps are well, really I'm keen fun to do it because my engine blew up last time before I even made it to the mm. top. So keen to try that one. If you want to know what layout we're talking about and you really want to dig through, you can dig through my YouTube video oh. and find out which one my engine is. How's the plug? What's, what's that yeah. YouTube channel, Tate? Oh, come on. We've got three YouTube channels here. I've got to be the first one to get in. I haven't put a video up on mine in forever. I say I've been more oh, active on my fault. YouTube channel than Jack's been on his. I'm just not a, what's I'm yours, just not a vlogger. Tell us yours. Sorry, Drift is mine. 
There we go. He's See, I don't feel fancy. so bad now. He's plugging his. fancy intro and everything. I'm very slow at uploading, though, so this yeah. round's, or last round's might be in a few weeks, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what that's the layout that's coming up. Like we said, single day event again, so unfortunately that means no team drift, which is, I know, it's only personal favourite. Oh, it's yeah. good for me. To, to be, yeah, because you're not crashing into all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Team Drift's the only thing that is good about two-day events. Oh, other than, you know, you know, being a two-day event and the night between. Especially if you don't have to drive the next day. But, um, <laughs> like, I don't really care about single car qualifying. Like, the top ten shootout's really cool. Nah. But, like, I don't want to sit through all that quality to then watch some more quality. And then and then get into like doing some battle rounds and stuff. So I really like the way these these. I know it's Sunday's comps are kind of a little bit average as well, but having a practice the night before, so it's like an optional extra. Seems like a much better way of um, of moving through rather than doing, you know, two days of full on like you have to be there to get your maximum time and all that stuff. Like it does make the days obviously a little bit. Um, a little bit more relaxed and we still always end up somehow behind schedule even on a two-day event but um yeah i don't know it's just drags on a little bit in my opinion they're they're, they're long they're long hard so days long, they're like, by the time you finish but... it's like oh man i just want to go home and go to bed <laughs> you want them to be something special kind of like bathurst is special yeah. to the vh you want you want the two-day to be special but not all the time like the V8s have run Bathurst twice this year, and I think it loses a bit of its shine. Yeah. And I think uh, probably the same with the two-day events. If you ran more than one or two, mm. you'd sort of have the same thing. So, uh, what do we got next? We've got high-tech series. Yes, yeah, so it was oh, drifting another place. Kale did a big old post about this, so <laughs> he can be the uh, <laughs> the curator of uh, uh, our thoughts on high-tech. I basically just said, oh, yeah, I watched it, and uh, our series is good, and then everyone else did the, uh, <laughs> did the complaining <laughs> about it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say anything about it. <laughs> and then and then you have all the, 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 the defenders and stuff like that. It was, um, yeah, obviously... Don't have an opinion in drift if you um if you don't want to have a, a, a massive conversation every time you open your mouth. But um, it was interesting. I didn't get to watch a lot of it. Um, I was out doing stuff. Um, I watched FD in the morning and whoa, apparently high tech was on of uh, similar standards to that. But um, it's just one of those things. It's once you start going up with so much grip and so much power in these cars. It makes every little movement of the car so much more pronounced because, like, you've got all this speed and grip, and the cars are so twitchy that, like, unless you absolutely like nail it like perfectly, it looks like crap. Mm. Like, so yeah, it's, it's it was very messy. It's very, it's very it was... easy, and like, um, obviously Stewie going over there and judging that one as well. Stewie set a um. A fairly technical layout with the the layout of the clips and stuff like that, which a lot of the drivers um, struggled with as well. Um, so it's just one of those things. It wasn't one of those tracks where you could like obviously use use one of those cars to its advantage, which is like big speed, big power, and like blazing through the course. They had these outside clips and these little awkward transitions that they had to make. That um, obviously with a massively gripped up car is a lot harder to do. Yeah, I, those cars and their setup—they seem to have no forgiveness yeah, in them. Yeah, yeah, they were gripped up 
they'll, they'll set up to do one thing and that's go really fast but there was no forgiveness in their their setup so the second that they hesitated or the car in front did something that they didn't expect or they ended up in a slightly different part of the track than they had planned on everything just went haywire because there was no moment for them to think about it the car had already reacted and they were going in a different direction or they'd gripped up or they were flying off the track. It's, so It's the exact same thing we saw at um, Keep It Reet a few weeks ago as well. Like, once you go on the big boy tyres, the cars are big boy cars and you have to drive them like a big boy car. And, like, even, like, this weekend, like, Matt Harvey, he made the podium, he did, he did well come in third, but, like, Matt looked unchar- uncharacteristically, like, choppy. Like, he didn't look like Matt Harvey that we know that, like, just comes out and dominates everything. Like, Matt had to work for it, and um, it was interesting seeing, and that's that same dynamic, like, the pretty much the only other time he's driven that car with the big boy tyres was at World Time Attack, which is a much more flowy, smooth layout because it was all inside clips going up the south circuit. I think that's the problem is, basically, our series and Vic Drift, I'm not sure if there's much going on in New South Wales or, or Tassie or whatever. Obviously, we're all sort of designing our cars to be fast on 235 radial tyres and we're practising on 235 radial tyres and then everyone's just going out, okay, yep, high tech's coming up, no one's actually practised on the semis because they're super expensive and then chucked them on, they get however much practice in the morning and then they go, oh, wow, I haven't I haven't done this for, I think they haven't had it around for 16 months or something, so yeah. I think it was very new to basically everyone out there because uh, no one can afford to spend 150, 200 bucks on a tyre just for a practice. So. I think that was that was part of the issue is everyone was struggling to, to get back into the groove of it. So, yeah. And I don't think anyone wants to be the person that takes grip. I don't, I don't think they want to be the person that takes grip out of the car. I think they think it, the idea is, oh, if the car is too grippy that I can't do anything with it, it's either me or, you know, some other factor. They're not thinking, oh, my car's too gripped yeah. up. Yeah. Because they, they don't want to think that because you've got the FD mindset of big tyres go fast, that's how you yeah. win. But then you and even see it's... like FD, like you watch, you know, someone like Matt Field will talk about during the night when the track gets cooler, they'll dial grip out of the car because they have the cars set up on that real fine line. They know how much grip the car has. And as soon as the track temp drops, the car gets faster. It actually gets to a point where the car, again, starts getting too grippy and starts looking like what we saw at high tech. So maybe it is that case that everyone's got these cars that are really dialed in to run on a 235 radial and then they put a 265 semi on it and the thing just goes back and just shoots off into the, into the distance. I really just hurt my shoulder and... then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old man. I think there's there's people forget there's speed and confidence mm. and speed in knowing what your car's going to yeah. do. And if you have those things you can just hold it flat and not have to worry. But if, you, if you're worried about what the car's going to do or when it's going to grip up, you're naturally going to be more timid and that slows yep. you down. Yep. So one of, one of those balances, I think those guys will probably get their head around it a bit more when they head back to or to the bend for the first time for high tech, I think. Yeah, yes, it's coming over. I think that's June 1st? Uh, something? Something like that. No, no July, July sometime. July yeah. 1st, I don't know. Anyway, follow High Tech on Facebook. High Tech Drift Stars to keep up to date when the, their events are running. It'll be interesting yeah, to see so... what layout they pick because obviously they're all about uh, speed and, and fast boy tyres. So 
So, Probably so last, last time they were here, um, I think it was high tech. No, yeah, they, they have drift masters. masters. Yeah. The drift masters ran the same layout we ran for round two, but without the infield cutout. So they went down, they fast ball, around, and then up and around to the bowl. So, um, which is apparently talking to Aussie is like um, he reckons that's one of the most fun layouts because when you come through that left hander and you don't cut right and you go over the top, there's like a little bit of a hump and then you transition into the mm. bowl. So as you go super fast through there, the car gets unloaded and then like as it loads up, you transition to go up into the bowl. And he reckons like it's one of the like the highest commitment, most fun things you can do. So that's definitely something I want to really, you know, I'll give it a go and really write my car off into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how many of those guys um, adjust their setups. Maybe get a few more laps in on those semi-slicks and how they do when they come over here. Because as we've, uh, we well know now, that uh, turn one layout to get your head around in uh, a single comp is uh, certainly a feat. Yeah, imagine trying to do that on semis, that turn one. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, full. <laughs> it'd, it'd, be, uh, it'd be interesting to see the run-up that they run too, whether they run like a big fast run-up or they do more of a... A shorter run-up so they can yeah. enter on the throttle and just blaze full power through it, which would be the... Yeah, because I think that's what they did at Driftmasters. Yeah, that's the, um, more the, the safer way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because everyone went to Driftmasters after doing the uh, State Series and were like, this, this uh, run-up's too short, we want to go faster. <laughs> we want to enter slowing down. You, you always want to enter slowing down, not speeding up, definitely. Yeah. All right. So that was that was pretty much all we had on the show notes. We do have the questions that Tate asked people to ask for last podcast on the day of the podcast, and of course, <laughs> yeah, asking drifters to do anything in a timely fashion doesn't work. So we'll quickly, I'll rattle off a couple of these questions, and um, I'll just pick a couple out, and then um, we'll go from there. One of the ones that had a lot of replies, and it was. Um, Tyson Alexander asking about the gentleman's agreement, a little bit being a little bit more harsh on power levels in L2. Um, so he goes, uh, should the gentleman's agreement be a little bit more harsh on power levels in L2? You want to keep new drivers interested and not intimidated, or having cars knocking on L1 level provides something the rest of the field to strive for and push L2 driving. Personally, I don't mind how it's been so far, but a convo I've heard a few times because there is a few guys in L2 that are pushing like you know 300 plus kilowatts. Which is more than more yeah. than what I've got in L1. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it is a, a very uh, controversial sort of topic. I think they should be allowed in, um, but if they are sort of like if we got a layout like that one and they're pulling away down the straight or something like that, there should be like a red flag or something that goes out. Yeah. And then that sort of um, gets them for drag racing and then rerun it so that the the chase car has a bit better chance to enter sort of a lot closer to them because at the end of the day the it's if you've got a slower car but you're entering at the same time it's not too bad it's when you've got a slower car and, and the other cars bought. the other yeah. cars entering 10 car lengths in front you're never going to catch up so that's the that's the main issue yeah definitely and it's one of those things that it's it, everyone's tried to promote on l2 drivers especially in the qualifying battles and stuff like that talking to the other driver and going, you know, what kind of speed do you have for RR? Like, how can we work together to, uh, to you know, have the best battle possible? And it is one of those things, like, L2 is, even L1, like, in a state series, like, we're not we're not fighting for sheep stations. So, like, it's one of those things that, that's one of the best things about South Australian driving is there's no dickheads. Like, everyone there 
drives well and drives um, fairly. Like, there's no mind games, no dumb stuff like that. And if people start doing that, they don't last very long in the in the community. So um, it's definitely um, one of the good things. And that's the thing. Like, obviously, the way I look at it, like, some people don't want to start drifting with, uh, you know, NAS13 or uh, uh, RB30, R31 or something like that. Like, they want to jump in with power and, and a, a set-up car. And that's not what I would have done. That's not what I did. But, like, it's definitely one of those things. Like, obviously, drifting is what you make it. So I don't feel like if... Obviously, don't rock up with a car with the winters in it, and I think that's in the regs. Like you can't have, you know. Yeah, that's the one rule that's yeah. actually not yeah. a, not a gentleman's agreement. It's a, and one person that's been pulled over, yeah. so they had to go into L one yeah. because they had a box that was full yeah, they had a, a, a G force box. So that's the thing. Like obviously, it, it's it's like street cars. Like it's, if it's a street street car. It's, it's in my eyes, it's it's fine for L two, and you can you see people out there with six or seven hundred kilowatt streetcars. So that's that's my opinion in, in L two. If it's not a actual race car, like obviously cage and stuff is ideal for for drifting, but if it's not a race car, then I'm I'm happy seeing it in L two. And obviously, if someone drives really well in L two and with a good car, they're going to get bumped up to L one anyway. So. Yeah, I think from the intimidation side, I think that probably the driver is more the factor in L2 than than the car is going to be when it comes to particularly like even going through the speed gate and coming out the other side. The speed that you can go through there in an, NM, an NA MX5, you can floor it through there and you probably leave the other car in L2 for dead if they're not on their game. 300 kilowatts... You could do even more, but I don't think it's that's really the deciding factor because it's more the driver, how they go through the speed gate and that sort of thing. And I think if you'll find if there was a really quick, good setup car with a decent driver, they're going to be in L1 pretty yeah. quickly. They're not, they're not going to be in L2. It's, it's not just power as well. Like Look at Brody's VY. Like that's got 300 kilowatts and it's slow as crap. Like It's not a, a well-set-up chassis. So, like... It's not just power that is is the determining factor of a car speed and a, and a, and competitiveness as well. So yeah, and like you said, if you, if someone's being a dick, I'm pretty sure they'll get pulled up pretty quickly. But we don't generally have that. Usually, drivers are very courteous. People in slower cars know that they need to jump. The rest of the field, people in fast cars, have a tendency to go slower through the speed gate. So you know, it's one of those things. Keep it clean. Keep the other person in mind and. And the real competition begins when you uh, when you chuck it into the corner, not when you leave the line. Pretty much. Yeah, and the other part on that is obviously uh, what happens if you're a really good driver in L2, but you've only got 150 odd kilowatts. Like, there's a few examples. Obviously, not too slow of a car, but if we were to step those drivers up to L1, would they be able to keep up with? some of the uh the four five hundred kilowatt cars that's that's the other thing yeah i think with that though the fact that l1 is still a 235 radial it does help with that situation so like even like i'd say 200 kilowatts you'd pretty much be able to like well, we look at miller miller's one level one events with the t28 sr so that's what 180 to 200 kilowatt range and like it's if the driver's good enough they'll be able to do it it's just one of those things like 
as a driver, do you want to keep you know being a big fish in a small pond, even if especially if you've won a couple of events, or you know do you want to progress your driving? And sometimes it does mean obviously you have to you know do a little bit more work to the car and get used to not winning every event. But it's one of those things. As a driver, you really want to yeah progress. If you're doing competitions, you're doing competitions because you want to get better. I think even if you if you were winning L one L two or podium podium regularly regularly God I can't get my words out. <laughs> um, if you're regularly on the podium for L two, you're gonna go into L one and I you're still not gonna be like dead last yeah, or yeah. a long way. You you're gonna come into maybe I won't make it the top sixteen, maybe I will, but you're not gonna be so far off everyone else. If you can do clean laps you're not going to be so far yeah. off any, anyone else. So if you're making so podium think... in L2, it's because you can do consistent laps. And if you can do consistent laps, you're normally going to make top 16 in L1. Well, look at the examples of the, the people that stepped up from L2 to L1 this year. you got uh, Brody Cook, uh, Bo Page, however you say his last name. Close um, and there was Matty Wien as well. All yeah. three of them have gotten top eight, top four. And... Before they, they did the rounds, they were like, oh, I'm a bit scared of, of going to L1, this and that. And they come out and beat us all, so. <laughs> <laughs> How's it feel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, it's good It's good to see, though, because um, obviously L1, it's it's probably a bit scary if, you, if you're coming from L2. But um, it's, it's good to see for the people that are considering it that the people that have done it have done really well. So Yeah, yeah. And. Going back to the previous question about power, I'd be more concerned about people that were podiuming and winning L2 events not moving up to L1 more than the fact that someone's got a 300 kilowatt car, in mm. in my in my mm. opinion. I'm like, well, why is that guy there if he won last season? Like, you know, maybe give someone else a chance. So that's that's the way I look at it. All right, uh, we'll do, do a couple more because I think we're already, we're over an hour, aren't we? We are uh, not hour and nine. Yeah, my laptop's nice. out of door. All right, cool. All right, we'll bang off a couple. Uh, Dan Pry asked, pros and cons of left foot braking into turn one. We've pretty much covered that throughout the podcast. So, um, yeah, I think various levels. Some people are going to use yeah. it all the way around. Some people are just going to use it as a, I haven't quite got this right, but this should save me. But I think in the end, having that skill is going to be something that you want to practice and you want to get decent at because at some point in time you're probably going to want it. Mm. Um, well, yeah. I'd say coming into this this high tech round, if they're going to use that layout, you're going to need to be left foot braking if you're on a two six five two eight five semi going around there. You're not you're not going to be able to hold it flat and stay on the track without trying to bring it in a little bit. So it's definitely a good skill to to be able to learn. Yes, that that turn one's reminiscent. It's basically like it's almost at the point of drifting a bowl and something like you'd see an F, FD where they're on the bank of a of a short oval or something like that, and you're using left foot brake just to keep the car up so it doesn't shoot down more so than using the, the using it to slow the actual car down itself. So, which will be interesting. Um, Michael Solomon asks, who will be on DSA's shit list and help and helping clean up the track at lunchtime and after the event on Sunday? This <laughs> guy. So I actually can't remember who else made it on the list. I know um, old mate with the BMW, um, Shay. Shay made it on the list. Shay. I think Tom Hemmings did as well. Hemmings made it on the list. Jack I only know me, me and me and Junior made it at lunchtime. Yeah. Alex. Mm. So there was a couple. Um, but yeah, I think 
overall everyone was pretty good and most of the most of the off track action was turn one of people just going in too deep um the the back half of the course didn't really see the amount of tire drops and stuff that we've seen in the last few events so it's good to see that people are kind of got that back section figured out and not dropping so many tires through that tight little bit it's, de it's definitely good to see an improvement the only bit i did notice was the the first left to the right hander it's a very sort of awkward transition if you don't go around that that left hander and sort of extend it out super wide there and, and stay a bit wider and flick later harder you sort of get caught up and you're sort of flicking it straight onto the, that dirt bit there. Right, so go-kart yeah. tires yeah. all over the track. <laughs> I saw a lot of drivers get caught out there. So, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's something I think uh, a bit of practice with a few of the drivers will, will learn it a bit better. Yeah. All right, and uh, we'll go one more. Uh, Troy, who will replace Troy this weekend? He talking about himself in the third person. Uh, this weekend, with scrapping their wing on the <laughs> slash rebar on the wall. So, um, I reckon Matty Ween seemed to. Matty you know, had a broken time. tail light and didn't have a dent in his car. So, yeah. that's usually a good sign. Yeah. Oh, I'd had that and I didn't even hit a wall. <laughs> yeah, had quality BMW lenses. Just BMW things. <laughs> it just left. It, it saw its future. So, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, Matty was one of those guys that was consistently up on the wall, uh, which was good to see. You know who we missed this time? Mm hmm. And I've just forgotten his name. Car? With the, with the, with the pink, uh, not pink, purple um, S15. Oh, Roger. Oh, um, Roger. Roger, white, yep. yeah. White, yeah. that's right, I've changed colours. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure where he was. Obviously, he was well, last round, round he one, he was out there for a little bit. Yeah, that's right, he, he mm. bowed out halfway through the day with a, with a clutch issue, so... I think he's away. I don't know if he's working or something, but he's he's away at the moment. I think so. That's why he missed this round. There you go. So no Roger. No Roger. That was out of nowhere, Tate. How many segways thinking, did you go through in your head before you got to that? <laughs> I actually don't know where that came from. <laughs> but yeah, so um. Uh, there was a couple other guys that were throwing pretty solid entries on the wall too. Um. Just trying to think off the top of my head. A lot of the L2 guys as well were um, were nice and high on the wall on that entry as well. Which, um, what was his name? Uh, Brett, Brett Thomas. Brett Thomas. Yeah. Brett Thomas. Um, there's a few few videos of him like scraping the exhaust on the wall on the entry, which was pretty cool. And um, I know there was a few uh, few shots of Hemmings as well getting right up there on the wall as well. So it was good to see Hemmings' car la like last an event too, which was a nice change. I think he actually yeah. packed it up and had it in the trailer, and then uh, someone convinced him to get it out, turn yeah, the boost broke, down, and then, and then he went the whole day. It, it was pissing out. I think it was pissing out coolant. He, I went past once, and it was pushing coolant out of somewhere. It was um, uh, not too high on comp um, from memory. Yeah, it but was, it, was, it was low on comp on the dyno. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So it was it was low comp. So it's you know, like ah. Oh, well, it's not a 20, though. It's a 25. They don't like that so much. They're like, oh, you're just going to put more boost. I'm like, say goodbye to your Englands. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I think, right. I think we're um, we're pretty good. Hour and 15 We didn't even right have to form guide for this one. I know. We didn't have to do any filibusting. <laughs> Nothing. But um, thank you, Kale, for, uh, for coming and jumping with us. 
thank, thank you yep. for having us. Looking forward to see the two, Jay. Oh, yeah, we I haven't even talked up. about anything like to do with that stuff. How is the progress on the 2J350 coming? Um, it's not really coming along very... Oh, it's a 350, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's coming along very slowly. Um, hopefully, it'll be ready for next season. So, sort of just plotting away when I've got time, um, when I'm not breaking my other car and having to fix that. So, If, yeah, if you nah. need any assistance with room, KO, I'll take that Laurel off your hands. Oh, uh, yep, yep, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably the 99th person to ask that. I've only ever had a Is that hey. still getting around? You still have that old pink Cephia of mine? Is that still around? Or... No, no, I tried to give it away and no one wanted it. So... Yeah, no, nah, that thing <laughs> was cursed, I swear. But anyway, Cal, uh, what's what's your socials? Where can, uh, where can people find you? Obviously, you've got the YouTube. And your business. YouTube at Dory Drift. Yeah, so the YouTube, and uh, I've just recently, or I say recently, but a year ago, got the Instagram, so getting up in the world, uh, Dory Drift on both of those, and uh, yeah, I own a tyre shop in Lonsdale as well, for anyone not familiar with it, uh, Scott's Tyres, so if you ever need tyres and you're down the southern suburbs of Adelaide, come and hit us up, and yeah. Or you're in the northern suburbs or the western suburbs or basically any, anywhere in the state, um, <laughs> Kay will sort you out. And um, wheel alignments and stuff like that as well. So um, a lot of a lot of our drift guys now are getting wheel alignments through Cal as well. So as well as stickers, as well as stickers <laughs> and beanies and stuff like that. So yeah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Tate, how about you? Rattle rattle off your stuff as well. We don't do this enough. So. Uh, oh, okay. Um... I don't even know. I have Tate.Lindstrom on Instagram and LMS Productions SA on the YouTubes and on Facebook, it's pretty much the same thing. Very good. LMS Productions. So what about you, Snellivision? Yeah, well, I'm probably the the captain of all the social medias. So um, obviously, Bogenzoku on Insta, um, Snellivision on Twitch and just Ben Snell on YouTube. I've been posting up some um, some onboard stuff from the events that I've been driving, so it's about half an hour of me just spinning everywhere. <laughs> and Jack, how about you? Uh, uh, yep, just Jackson Snell on the YouTubes, and uh, it's Jackson Snell on Instagram when I have it. <laughs> and no Facebook again. No Facebooks. All right, cool. Um, so that'll do us. Thank you, everybody, for if you made it this far. Um, congratulations. I don't know what you else you've had to do today, but <laughs> thank, thanks for spending it with us, I guess. Uh, we'll be back, I don't know, sometime soon with another guest, maybe um, probably sometime before round three with a bit of a round three preview. Um, hopefully not another 45 minutes of a form guide again. <laughs> we might actually have some actual stuff to talk about. But, uh, of course, thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, keep up to date with the Facebook page, The Outside Line 69. Uh, good good nice. URL, Tate. Well done. Proud of you. <laughs> um, we'll try and get back to, like, doing some more shit posting and stuff and actually keeping up to date and yeah. actually putting stuff up on the on the page. And we might ask questions more than 12 hours before we record a podcast. Yeah, like, subscribe, and send us your shed, shed skids. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> The, the safe word is banana caramel pie. <laughs> That's the code word. I'm if you hungry, do the yeah. best burnout, Kale will give you a bit of merch. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, but you got to get the fire truck right. there, though. You gotta, you gotta All right, so if you, get a, if you get a fire truck there, you get a beating. <laughs> how's that? Beating. How's that? Yeah, that's done. All right, so um, I can already hear right. Maddie Bennett's firing up the 31. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, thanks for that. We'll speak soon. All right. Bye.